Wow, 10 years in the business. I am so excited to bring this video to you. It actually brought me back a little bit to think about the 10 years of my experience. I can't wait to share my 10 lessons that I've learned from 10 years in the real estate business. Stay tuned because I think each and every single one of them is something that can help you, whether you've been in the business for you know 20, 30 years or you're just getting in. These things I hope will help, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Real Estate Agent Playbook, helping you win at the game of real estate every day. Here is your host, Jeremy Kane. What's up, guys? Jeremy Kane, eXp Realty and the Real Estate Agent Playbook. Super excited for this one as I celebrate my 10-year, uh, crossing over 10 years in the real estate industry. Obviously, a lot of you know my dad was in the industry as my managing broker before I left his company for a huge opportunity here at EXP in the in the Wolfpack. So that's a huge part of of my lessons and and part of my journey. But if you would be so kind, please like, comment, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, please share the show if you're listening on the podcast and uh, drop a review if it's something that uh, you know speaks to you. So let's get into it. Ten lessons from my experience that I hope help you. Let's go. First things first is when I first got in the game, I was obviously going to a lot of classes and getting the certifications and the ethics classes and all of that. And I was sitting there and it hit me. I was like, my only job as a real estate agent is not to get sued and not to make somebody mad. And it seemed like every single year, you know, the update classes and things would would constantly tell these horror stories of, you know, little finite mistakes or sometimes bigger mistakes um, that that got people into trouble. And, and so you have to operate your business from a perfectly ethical and you know wholehearted perspective and just know that if you're doing the right thing and you're constantly trying to do the right thing you won't get sued uh it's when you when you start getting in the sketchy realm that you will so it took me a little bit to realize that i could you know be myself and and operate my career as i do um without getting sued but that was my first lesson was i have to you know, I have to be careful for sure, but I also have to be myself and I have to, um, and, and being myself will allow me to work within the guidelines of, you know, that. And sometimes you get sued just because you get sued. Sometimes you get sued because you do something stupid. My whole goal was just to do the job right, be a good person. And it, it all worked out. So that was my very first lesson in real estate. Absolutely. Next thing that I love about real estate is the unlimited ceiling. One thing when I started thinking about it that was actually more of a an issue than a than a blessing is the unlimited basement, right? There is no floor. If your floor is zero, you could absolutely not sell any houses and put all this work in and not do it. So positive is definitely, you know, the unlimited ceiling of your income. The negative is you're always working to get out of the basement and, and as driven as I am, I'm always feel like, you know, I'm starting over and and that kind of carried over to my business in the first couple. I, I was a traditional agent that I would get three under contract and I'd focus so hard on closing those three that I wouldn't prospect. And then if you sat down prospecting for two or three months, then you set yourself back as, as far as your production. So you have to be aware that there's no ceiling to constantly drive for more and do more and be better. But you also have to be aware of that floor and you have to constantly you know, continue to build your business as, as no one's coming to save you. That paycheck isn't gonna be there. And so you have to balance and plan and being a financially you know, responsible is absolutely something that 
that changed my my career forever is you know you you get big wins and then you have lulls you know now i'm at a point where you know it's pretty consistent but i have to say the reason that you know i got comfortable and got consistent quicker is because i got consistent with how i paid myself not necessarily how many transactions i did each month or whatever i constantly hear agents say i want to do two transactions a month because they want that consistency they want that financial stability well you can close six in a month and not close three for two more months if you're managing your money appropriately and you're giving yourself a salary and all the things. So that's really when I saw a turning point in my career was when it wasn't about, you know, how many transactions I closed this month, but more about filling that that bank and that having that cushion, paying myself a salary, not overspending when I had big paydays and not, you know, having to pull back a ton when I had had less closings or whatever in the month. So being consistent with that piece, absolutely you know, allows you to eliminate that basement or the floor, so to speak. The next lesson and one of my favorite things and something I've always held true to is just be yourself, right? People like you for being you. You don't have to be overzealous. You don't have to constantly be like, hey, do you know anyone who's going to buy or sell? You can't make real estate part of every conversation. People will make it a part of every conversation. But if you as the agent are constantly thinking about the transactions and you have that stress because your financial, you know, stability is not consistent, that's when you have to really, you know, hone in. So realize that people want to work with you more because you're you than you're a real estate agent. So I learned this pretty early on. Um, Didn't really want to be the commission hungry person. I was lucky enough that my girlfriend, now wife, um, could support us. So there was not a lot of financial pressure. So I totally empathize with those that, you know, you're the, you're the sole provider or you're, you know, the, the breadwinner or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you can focus on just being you and having your own personality and not necessarily worry about that commission and that next check to put food on the table, that's when you can really start to see your, your career expand. And that's something that I had from the very get go, because if I didn't close a deal for two, three, six months, I knew that my family would be taken care of. Now my family was a lot smaller then. So now if that were to happen, you know, if I didn't have that financial consistency, it would definitely, you know, come into play. If I didn't have multiple streams of income, like I do have at eXp Realty, um, I would challenge all real estate agents that are watching this to really look and see, okay, what if my market, you know, flipped or crashed or whatever, where would my money come from? What would I have to do? Because if your brokerage isn't providing stock options, residual income in the form of, you know, leadership and that kind of stuff, you really need to, you know, step back and consider what would happen if, you know, the market changed on a dime and and dried up. And that's absolutely one of the biggest lessons I learned from coming over to EXP before it became a major problem for me because I was able to diversify and create three streams of income from just doing what I had to do. So um, that's that's absolutely something to to consider is you can probably be less intense and in your client's face if you're at a brokerage that not only has a fair split, but compensates you for everything you do as an agent, including bringing your your buddies on as as agents and things like that. And the next one, I always talk about this a podcast I listen to Andy Frisella, Real AF. Um, talks a ton about, you know, the two-year room, right? And just understand how you conduct yourself out of the gate is absolutely something. The barrier to entry is really low. That's why you see a lot of craziness. You see a lot of, 
you know, maybe not so positive things when you first get in. There's just agents trying to get their feet wet, doing everything they can, scratching and clawing. But the whole point is you've got to try and get out of the two-year room as fast as possible. You can be in the two-year room for two months as an agent. You can be in the two-year room for 20 years as an agent. It just really depends on how you conduct yourself and how you carry yourself and you know how, how much work you put in. At the end of the day, you do have to put in work. This isn't just you know clients falling from the sky because it is a competitive world. People know a lot of real estate agents. And so you have to understand that your ability to get out of the two-year room matters so much on how you conduct yourself, how you you know relate in the industry at events and network with other agents, because that matters at the end of the day. People you know see how you're how you're doing, and you can easily level up and get connected with the absolute right people if you're in the right rooms. And so that'll absolutely help you get out of that two-year room if you feel like you're at a brokerage where you know they're trying to keep you in the two-year room, which unfortunately is the case in some of those, you know, team-centric, you know, they want you to be the buyer's agent and they give you just a little bit. So you can't, can't say no, but at the end of the day, you're constantly in this cycle and you're not getting out of that two-year room. You're constantly doing the same thing over and over again, putting money in the team lead or broker's pocket versus your own. So working to get out of that two-year room, out of that cycle, I totally understand if you join a team to get, you know, that experience, but a lot of people burn out by not getting off of that team when the time comes. And at the end of the day, you're just honestly leveraged for the team lead to make more money. So getting out of that two-year room is absolutely part of it. How you carry yourself, how you, what your work ethic looks like on the front end will absolutely be the deciding factor if you're in the two-year room for 20 years or 20 minutes. I don't know. What do you want to do? The next one is kind of a, a good one. The good old boy club wants to stay the good old boy club. The the absolute, you know, guard, you know, this comes in the form of imposter syndrome these days, kind of on social media. It's not like, you know, that one team that absolutely dominates the office and, you know, you feel like gets all the leads and all of that stuff. That's that's kind of what today's imposter syndrome looks like on on social media. Like, I wish I could have what they have, et cetera, et cetera. The truth is the good old boy club is absolutely something that's real right? But it's not that hard to infiltrate. Again, the barrier to entry is low. Sure, team leads and, you know, some of the good old boys will absolutely still crush it. But that does not mean that there's not room for you to build your own path and absolutely do well in this industry. Closings happen every day and every closing typically produces two commission sides. So you have to, you know, really focus on that and not focus on like, oh man, I have to be a part of that and give my soul to that in order to be successful. The good old boy club will be the good old boy club, but there's always room and it's not that hard to, to blaze your own path as long as you put the work in and you develop your own path. If you're taking the good old boy club's blueprint and trying to follow them and then compete with them in the same market, definitely not probably going to be the best best route because they have experience, they have dollars, they have capital, they have all the things that they need to compete the way they do it. So you just need to pave, pave your own road and you know not compete you know alongside them but compete in a whole different different niche or you know way of doing business the next one was really interesting to me because immediately you you're infiltrated with all of these different brokerages and everything i it didn't take me very long to understand that my clients probably couldn't even tell you the brokerage i worked for so it's important that when you're looking for a brokerage that you find a good fit 
for your personality, somewhere where you're going to be pushed, where you're, you know, going to become the average of the five people you surround yourself with and that you're constantly going to be leveling up because the logo that you put on your sign doesn't matter. The clients want to work with you and you can build your brand. You can build your brand starting day one and people always, you know, brand, colors, logo, all that. That's not the brand I'm talking about. I'm talking about your story, put it out there, you know, be present and and develop your brand more so of how you conduct business and how you treat your clients and how you treat other industry professionals. And you will be much happier and much more successful than worrying about the logo and, you know, working for this brokerage, even though you're giving them six figures a year, which is absolutely ridiculous. If you're paying your brokerage anything more than, you know, $25,000 a year, you're absolutely out of your mind because the truth is that brand doesn't do what you think it does. You are the brand. People want to work with you. People want to work with you as the agent. And so you develop your brand as far as how you treat your, your, your standard has to be on point through every client. And you will see, you will grow much faster with a high level standard of how you treat people because then they will constantly refer you. So don't get caught up in, you know, oh, that, that company sells the most houses, that company does this. You are the brand when it comes to selling real estate for your clients. The, the brokerage brand does not matter as much. What matters more is the support and the camaraderie that may come from the agents. Um, if you go into the office, when you're interviewing a managing broker, stop and ask some of the agents what they do. Stop and ask some of the agents for some ideas or, you know, anything like that and see how that goes. Because most of the time, those brokerages, especially the ones that are geographically restricted, are going to really put a lot of pressure. You know, they'll, they may say some stuff at first, but in the end, when you're actually in the heat of it, they're not going to share their secrets because ultimately you're competing in that same market. So definitely something to consider support. Absolutely. First and foremost, but let's see what support you're offering. Let's see the trainings. Let's see the actual, you know, attendance of the trainings, or let's see the programs that you're going to put me through because a lot of people are just selling you, you know, used goods basically because, you know, they have, They have a notebook that they throw at you or they have these mentors that haven't been selling real estate for 30 years. Actually talk to some agents if you're in those those situations and see how it really is. See what that culture is really like, because ultimately that's what matters is what the brokerage gives you over what the brokerage, you know, requires you to put on your signs and your your commission splits and all of those things. The next one is multiple streams of income. And I've touched on a little bit about this real estate on its own can create multiple streams of income right? If you're at the right brokerage, obviously you have buying, selling, investing. Um, Some places you can manage properties. You can recruit at some places. You can get paid for coaching or courses. So there is a ton of things that you can generate income by within, within a, you know, real estate career. So definitely if you're looking for a brokerage, look at that. How, what are the different income streams? What happens if my market turns over and I absolutely have no, no leads and no deals? Is my income completely shot or is there a way to diversify and, you know, maybe build some, you know, recruiting and maybe build some courses and classes and maybe build an organization? Absolutely. I say this because I was one that had one single stream of income. Luckily for me, the market never crashed before I realized I needed to generate more. I always had some rentals and things like that. However, rentals are, you know, not going to, they they require time invested or I have to pay money for people to to manage them. Whereas if you, you start growing an organization, as my good friend Connor says, you know, a house isn't going to go down 
this road and recruit another house for you to buy. However, agents can do that and really sort of create that passive income flow. So understand that there is a lot of opportunity for income in real estate. And there's a lot of opportunity that involves some risk, but there's also opportunities that don't involve a ton of risk. And I would challenge you to really make sure that you are diversifying your income when you you know start first start out. Because if I had done this when I first started out, my financial you know back office would look a lot different. And so uh, just know that you can absolutely do that. Just know that in real estate, a lot of those things that are available to you require your time invested back into them. And so, you know, when you stop investing time, that goes away. Just like, you know, if your sole income is, you know, selling homes the day you retire, you can sure you can try and pass your book off to somebody and maybe collect a few referral checks from it, but your income essentially goes to zero. And so developing those streams of income, whether you're stepping away from the business you're stepping, you know, just to the side of the business or, you know, the market shifts, which is outside of your control. You want to make sure that you're covered and have some diversity of income. The next one, and this is huge because a lot of agents ask me all the time, you know, do you cut your commission? Do you do this? Whatever. Obviously, we're not allowed to talk about that, but people aren't as greedy when you bring value and you create value for them. Here's what I'm saying. As a listing agent, I'm going to try and list your house for absolutely the highest possible number that will give us the most results, the most offers, and get you the highest dollar for your home. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I let my clients set the price of their home. I give them a couple strategies and we go from there. However, you know, I can demonstrate through my value, through my marketing, through the me generating excitement to a listing, my value, right? And essentially I'm working for free because I'm going to take what the client, you know, should make on their home and I'm going to try and get them as much as I possibly can, right? So if that includes, you know, extra marketing and, and managing a situation where we have multiple offers, that's absolutely what I'm going to do. And essentially most of the time when I'm listing homes, I can work for free. Um, because they have this number that we're like, okay, yeah, that's good. We're good to go. Well, if I get them $25,000 more and pay off the commissions for the whole thing, then that's good. That's just money in their pocket, higher net to them. And that's really where it takes place. So just realize that people aren't as greedy when you bring value as an agent, as a listing agent, as a buyer's agent, people expect that you get compensated, you know, the way you should. And so, that's that was a huge lesson for me because it was always like, oh, I'm new. Am I going to be able to, you know, get the the market commission rate or whatever? And the truth is, it was more about the value that I brought. If I showed up every day and brought the value, I got paid. And so that's the beauty of of the free market and the real estate industry is everything's negotiable all the way up or all the way down. So make sure that you're you're developing that value stack, and it'll be a lot easier to you know fight for those commissions and and ask for those commissions when, you know, at listing appointments or buyer's appointments and things of that nature. And the 10th most important one is, you know, helping people change their lives is so inspirational. It's one of the most important things you can do as a human is help people change their life with using your knowledge or your, you know, inspiration or whatever that may be. The first step is listening, right? Listen to what people are saying, whether you're at a listing appointment, someone's telling you exactly what they love about their house and how they wanted it marketed, or listening to an, another agent at another brokerage talk about you know their struggles and how, how you can help. Because the first step is listening. You can't change lives unless you know what you're working with. You can't change those lives unless you understand where they're coming from. And so 
that's absolutely the reason I'm in this industry is because I can help people change lives. I can help people change their own lives. When I was 19 years old, my dad helped me buy my first house. I turned that into seven doors, you know, a, a residual income that's that's higher than the average salary based on those rentals alone. And so we have to we have to listen first and you know, help people get to where they want to get to. And we can't force them to it. We have to provide them with the information, provide them with the knowledge so that they can take those next steps and they can absolutely crush it and they can change their lives. But it all starts with listening and listening to what people's needs are. So those are my 10 lessons. I hope that they help you. We kind of went down some different roads, talked about my brokerage change and, and that kind of stuff. But really the 10 lessons can all relate to a great production business or a great, you know, agent attraction business if you are at EXP and hopefully in my downline. If you're interested in learning more about why I made that switch from the cheapest brokerage out there you could find to where I'm at now and absolutely changed my life forever, took 10 years off my retirement, I would love to talk to you about that. Um, I also, you know, I'm so grateful to all my clients, 10 years, uh, over 350 homes sold and absolutely 350 more to go in 10 more years in this industry, you know, doing what I can to help change lives. So thank you so much for your support. And if there's anything I can ever do to help you uh, just talk game plan or anything like that, please reach out. There's a link below. But again, please like, comment, subscribe, share the show, and we'll see you next time. Go get a win today. Bye-bye.